Hello, this is episode 282 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Rani. I don't know what title to give this podcast because if I call it Surviving a PhD, that will be the elitism of academia that this podcast is about disproving. I once compared Socrates and Alice Walker in a piece of writing, which makes perfect sense to me because both have a love of wisdom. Studying in education to the level of a PhD should be about the love of wisdom. But it's an absolutely torturous journey and it's one I'm often supporting people to go through. And there's one particular person at the moment I'm supporting and it's very hard to describe what the latter stages of doing a PhD, what it's really like. It's isolating, it never goes away. You feel guilty 24-7 when you're not working on it. You can't keep working on it. You melt your own head. There's no one to really help you. You've reached a place with a question and a particular topic that no one else knows to your level, so there's no one that can support you. It's just, it's just a horrible place. And it's not a very well-governed one. And... Many people who do a PhD and who even survive it, I don't really feel that they get the research skills out of it. I think by the time I finished my PhD, the only thing I felt was that I was a failed scientist. It was only through sort of licking my wounds and going in and supporting other students in an academic environment and then gradually starting my own school and realizing that actually I was a very good observational scientist and that I had the skills to be an observational scientist, and that those were transferable to other areas. And this is, I think, the biggest thing that I think wrong with the PhD system, that you don't realise that you have these skills that are transferable. With surviving it and doing it, it does give you a unique mind space. And I do see limitations for some people in the way that they continually loop that they don't have these skills. And so rather than be elite about it, I try to create these skills for everybody without having to do the PhD and having to do the torment. So I've had a question for a while, like why do I have so many black heroes? And I once wrote about Lorraine Hansberry, it's so difficult to be a black woman, you might as well be whatever the hell you want to be. And there's a real essence with her that she does that, which I love. And all of my heroes have this quality. And less of them are white. And the only one that ever really jumps out to me is Dr. Jane Goodall. And she had to stand on the fringes of academia with her ideas that animals had personalities and feelings and skills and many of the qualities that we didn't want to see. So much of the time, people start this game with me that you don't have your piece of paper in the white area. And I, I'm really, I'm just like, oh, just piss off. I'm not playing this insecure game. I, I call it the pseudo dick measuring contest. And so it's possible to do a PhD and learn nothing. To, to not have any of the, the qualities I'm talking about. To just have this elitism and this scale and this judgment. And the one that Dr. Jane Goodall has stood outside of for much of her career. She's only come into her element, really, during the pandemic, and everybody wants to hear her wisdom, which she's been talking it for a long time. 
But I hear the same journey in religious training. And I'm going to say religious rather than spiritual because it has confines and there's a sense of having to break out of the mold, which is a vital part of this journey. This is a vital part of if you can survive a PhD and come out with the skills I'm talking about. And so I'm not surprised that there were a great number of people in the civil rights movement who've had a religious training, that that's been their background. And when I started to listen to biographies a number of years ago, I started to really see the patterns in this. So the obvious ones that jump out are Martin Luther King Jr., um, John Lewis, Reverend Jane Lawson, but I couldn't possibly begin to name them all. There are so many, I couldn't do it justice. Religion was a huge part of Malcolm X's journey. Similarly, for Gandhi, he went back, sort of regrouped and regrounded himself in order to move forward by doing a religious program and bringing himself back to that place. For other people I admire, such as Cahill Gabron and Rumi, it's a massive part of it. But then there's people such as Castro, who totally stand outside all of it and completely question it, turn it on its head. But what do they all have in common? They all have standing in their own isolated truth and questioning. And that's really what both of these journeys should enable you to do. It should enable you to get to a place. And if you, particularly it was very obvious to me in the biography I read of John Lewis, where he talks about this moment during his training, where he sits there and he looks around and he questions all of it, and he questions himself and he questions his place in it. And it's that objectivity of where you question where you stand with everything and where it relates to you and what you believe. And that's what, when you're doing a research PhD, you should be doing. You should be looking at everything that's out in the outer world out there and sitting with what you know and thinking, where do I fit into this and where don't I? And where am I separate and where am I different? And those are the skills we should really be getting. But it's interesting because when I, listening to the biography of Cecily Tyson, I think by the end of the series I might be able to say her name, and she has the same skills. And she has a completely different background and in a way very little academic training. Though she went and did very high-level acting training with coaches and a very high level of development. And this is why, when I started my school, I actually used a lot of people from a theatre background to be the teachers and the facilitators. And the person who did my teacher training had two benefits. One, they had done a very um, intense acting training in a very prestigious university in the UK, but they had similarly walked away from that and done 10 years as a Buddhist monk. And so they brought both aspects and both qualities into the teaching environment to help facilitate the teachers in stepping into themselves. And I, I only realised recently that those both qualities were there and that I had sought those sort of kind of unconsciously to bring them into the space. And so when you when you listen to, to Cecily Tyson's journey, what you hear is you hear a trust in a voice that she calls God. You can call it whatever you, whatever you like. 
You hear an alignment stacking up in her life as she follows that trust. You hear a reflection. You hear this sort of bit where you step back and you look at yourself in relation to everything and you look at how everything is in your life and whether it's good or bad or, you know, how it's all doing and you reflect on everything and there's a stillness in that, which we often don't teach that well in, in academic environments and in education in particular. We don't teach that quietness very well. We constantly put people under pressure to perform and to achieve so much and with assignment deadlines and so on. And it's one of the reasons I really hate semesterization in universities because there's very little stillness. There's very little time for reflection. It's a very important quality that many people don't learn now. There's obviously a questioning within that. She questions what's right for her, what's the next move. She discerns whether things feel right to her or not in her gut. And there's an objectivity, and I talk over and over with everybody I work with about having objectivity, about stepping outside something and being able to see things, and also being able to benchmark and look at your own growth and your own milestones and your own changes that are taking place for you. And this is another aspect that gets really drained out in education right now, because our only benchmark is in achievement rather than in growth. And I did a huge amount of self-reflection when I had the school, reflecting what you could now understand and learn and do that you couldn't do a couple of weeks beforehand. And that's a really important tool. So that's what you should be gaining. And there's a space where you stand outside everything and you don't make it personal. And this, again, comes through really, really strongly in her biography when all sorts of stories start to do the rounds and gossips and what goes on in that industry. And she can stand outside it and laugh it and not make it personal. It's extraordinary how few people can do that. And that's a lot of what goes back to, is your piece of paper in the right area? That's a, an aspect of making it personal. I, I'm insecure right now, so I, I've got to score points off you. I've got to make this personal. So she is somebody who has managed to have those qualities that I'm talking about and to attain them in a completely different industry with a completely different training. So I know that this is possible. I work with people who've had all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of training, and they can attain these skills. But they are the skills that you should really benefit from, from doing a high level of training, whether that is up to a PhD and doing your dissertation, or whether that is in a religious training environment. That's something that you really gain, but is possible for everybody. And what you end up with is this ability to discern, to make things real, but to have an unwavering belief in humanity at the same time. And that's what I love about Alice Walker's writing. And that's why I compared her to Socrates. It's that love of wisdom, but it's the unwavering belief in humanity. And it's the belief that everyone can develop these skills on their own journey, and you don't have to be elitist in any way. And part of that journey is always taking down the confines of whatever that environment is that you've learned in.